Welcome back, Dodecadorks, to our humble podcast. Are the twelve-sided guys? I was working in, in tonight's. The lab. <laughs> Come on. In tonight's production, you will hear the talented Scott voicing the jovial Ornan, a gnomish brewer and bartender with a sunny disposition in a dark and shadowy world. At your service. Sabrina as the young and eager Sylvie, a forest gnome getting her first glimpse of the world outside of her forest home. Oh, hi. Jordan as the serious Mogram, a man with a past almost as dark and mysterious as the clothes he wears. You're most welcome. Matt as the disgusting... (laughs) 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 Matt as the disgustingly handsome Guy, a semi-professional paramour and Pahoftma. That is my name. Don't wear it out. And then, of course, there's the exceptionally talented and humble me, Paul, rounding out our cast of characters. As you listen tonight to our escapades in the dark world of Vio Severia, we hope you would consider becoming a patron. And as you listen, engrossed in our expertly portrayed story, enjoying your glass of champagne, don't forget to send that (laughs) message you've been crafting to all of your compatriots and chums about this fantastically fantastic podcast you've discovered and reiterate in your correspondence your desire for them to, quote, check it out, end quote. Regardless, if you enjoyed watching Dion and Faye grow into stalwart and brave heroes as much as I, then this podcast is for you. It's Chorus of the Forsaken, Episode 7. Wasn't her name Faye? Dion and Faye? Was her name Faye? Dion. Final Fantasy Legends 3. (laughs) 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 Wasn't that their names? It was Dion. I know Dion. Wait, what? Was the boy. I, I, no, Sharon. No, not your main characters. These were allies that, yeah, they were kids when you first started. Then when you go to the future, then it's Dion and Faye. Oh, jeez, Louise. No idea. And I'm oh. the one who played the game. Damn. You didn't even play the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, well, hey, welcome back to Via Severia and some crazy goings on here um, in in uh, Berigrad and specifically in Grimley Castle. Last time we were together, Tobias, the representative of the Baron of Alaron, uh, told. Sir Roland that he needed to pay his taxes and Sir Roland uh, made it clear he was not going to. The money had already been spent and he was not going to let anyone stop what he was doing, especially now that he was so close. A battle ensued, a battle in which, gosh, Sylvie got knocked out twice. Uh, Guy went down once. Magram had to heal left and right. We had um, soldiers, uh, guards attacking. We had a half-orc that not only did he uh, cut one of Tobias's guards nearly in half, but then he was taken out. Uh, we had the captain of the guard, this older man, Gareth, get stabbed in the back of the head with a dagger from Tobias himself, from a balcony up above, crazy shot. We also had Tobias, which is my favorite move, push a paralyzed archer off the balcony. Um, and Don't she actually the, ca- the only one who survived. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the captain of the guard also 
basically dealt most of the damage he received to himself by hitting me with my magical shield. <laughs> that is also 100% true. Um, we had a lot of magic flying around the room. Magic that could not be hidden from the eyes of Tobias or his surviving guard, nor Serena, the archer from the uh, balcony, as well as Edmund, the steward of Grimley Castle, who also survived the onslaught. After the battle was won, Serena dropped her bow and begged to not be uh, killed as a traitor. Um, and you were willing to, uh, with Tobias's uh, uh, okay, to let her live as long as she told you what she knew. All that she knew was that something mysterious and secret was going on in the basement of the castle. And as you managed to get Edmund to extricate himself from a, uh, a heavily uh, def defensible room, uh, he informed you that he did not know that the taxes were not being spent until it was too late. And when you asked him what was going on, he replied, the darkest of magics. And that is where we are right now. Here in the throne room of Grimley Castle, we have Sylvie, Magrum, Ornan, and Guy, along with Tobias and his surviving guard, and Edmund the Steward. Gardenia. Gardenia, Gardenia yes. <laughs> his and then also Serena, who was an archer in the service of Sir Roland, and Sir Roland's steward, Edmund. Edmund looks quite shaken. Serena looks resigned to her fate, but you can sense a little glimpse of hope that maybe she will not be tried as a traitor. How many more guards are there here loyal to Sir Roland in the castle? Edmund uh, peeks out of the room and seeing Serena and seeing uh, Duncan as well as... Um, the pile of ash there was the boy. The boy. Oh, Haman. He says, that just leaves one guard, Lydia. Sir Roland gave her her orders to make sure nobody went downstairs. How close was Sir Roland to the Inquisitors? Did he have many dealings with them? Uh, no. Sir Roland, Sir Roland actually was very upset that they were here in town at all. Okay. That is good. Where exactly is this uh, basement? Maybe we should take a rest before we go face the darkest of magics. I'm feeling pretty winded. I would love to sit down. Oh, for sure. I was just curious where it is. Guy will straight up go sit in the throne while he rests. <laughs> nice. Uh, Edmund uh, informs you, he says, there is a, there's access to the basement um, in the courtyard. Lydia is here. She is, if she's still doing her duty, she is to be protecting the way down into the basement. Um, as well as um, Agatha, she is also here in the castle. She is she's not a fighter. She's not a combatant. She's she's just the cook. She's just the chef. Please, please leave her leave her be. Maybe as your job as steward should be to go find those two employees and tell them what's going on. Like maybe that that could be something that we could delegate to you. However, I think that they should be accompanied. Perhaps, Tobias, you could send your guard to accompany them to ensure that they do, in fact, return. Or maybe we could just wait here for a little bit and then all go together. Safety in numbers. Tobias says, no, uh, uh, Magram, I think you're right. I think we, I think, I think we have the upper hand here. And if Edmund is willing to go out and, and gather what 
few resources Roland still has here in the castle, and we can at least get everyone in one place, I mean, we should be able to more effectively figure out what's going on here. He says, Gardenia, with me. Edmund, <laughs> come with me. Oh, I'm so happy. It makes me so happy. Serena, now that, now that he's gone, you might be able to ski Daddle out of here and nobody be the wiser. Did she just... Oh, no, okay, that was somebody else I thought. You just moved your thing off so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> like, as soon as he says that, she just pieces out. Not even she, a word. Uh, <laughs> she, can't, she looks around at the four of you and she says, um, You won't come after me? Are you going to come after me? She says, I, do, do I have time to grab my thing? No, I don't. Look... Tell me where your things are. I'll go find them and bring them to the, all the way in later. She says, no, if I'm, if I'm going while the representative of the Baron is still in the town, I, I have to go now. And I'll start when I talk to him about you. I might call, him, call you Selena and maybe confuse him a little. Maybe use a different name every time I mention you. Selena, Sabrina, Samantha—all of those sound really similar. I've heard. And if you're, and if you're going to go by the name Selena, just make sure that you don't go um, out of this out of the town's borders late at night when all the world is sleeping. That's a Selena song. <laughs> I figured it probably was. She um, quickly glances out the door that. Um, that Tobias and Edmund and the others have left through. Um, and she looks back at you and she says, thank you. I thank you. And, uh, be smart on the road though. Seriously. If you're going to leave now, you're not going to make it anywhere where there's civilization before nightfall. So be careful. I will. And this is a perfect time to get out of that horrible relationship. You've been telling me about. I think a clean break is just what you need. She scoops up her bow and she says, thank you, I will. And then she runs off. And as you see her um, leave, you see her drop an engagement ring behind her. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. We're doing God's work here today, guys. Yes. Yes, we are. She scoots out. She takes her bow and she is out the door and gone. Um, as uh, about you guys are sitting there for another, like two or three minutes before. Okay, I claim her as a backup character of Gidai's. <laughs> oh, totally. She's amazing. <laughs> you guys uh, eventually, um, uh, after a couple minutes, Tobias comes back in with uh, Edmund. Um, you see his guards, Gardenia, is there. And you see uh, two women who uh, come in as well. You see this um, older Asian woman with uh, gray hair tied back in a bun. Uh, this must be Agatha. She's wearing an apron. She, her eyes are, um, looks like she's been crying. Um, and she looks like her hands are shaking out of fear. Uh, and this other woman is a, another young woman. Uh, her name is Lydia. She has dark hair. It's kind of short like to the shoulders. She's wearing leather armor. Um, she's thin and um, kind of, uh, uh, she doesn't have the build of what you would expect like a soldier to have. She looks more... Um, uh, sneaky stabby. And, yeah, more sneaky stabby. In fact, she doesn't even have like a, a big, she has like a, a short sword and a dagger at her waist. Um, and she comes in looking around and she says, listen, I don't want any trouble. I, I was just standing by the stairs. I didn't raise no arms up against the Baron or his, or his representatives. I, my hands are clean. And then, uh, 
Edmund steps forward and stands next to her and says, yes, we, neither of us, none, none of the three of us raised arms against the Baron. We hope for clemency and please um, just leniency for what our, what our liege did. I mean, I, I realize none of you guys uh, raised hands against us, but the darkest of magics were happening underneath this roof and nobody thought to tell us. I mean, not us, me specifically, but, you know, no one thought to tell the Baron. Well, why would we tell you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little confused on what authority we actually have in this situation besides the fact that we have weapons with blood on them. I've got ten gold coming my way. <laughs> Tobias, <laughs> Tobias, <laughs> geez, that's right. Tobias looks at you and he says, well, as long as I'm here, you have the authority of the Baron. So you have more authority than anyone else here besides me. Would you like the chair or am I okay in it for now? He, he looks over at you like he shakes his head. He says, no, you rest. You took a beating. But tell us about this darkest of magics and tell me, more importantly, where the money is. Where, if there's anything salvageable to take back to the Baron, where can it be found? And Edmund... Um, you see that um, Agatha and Lydia, uh, they both kind of step back uh, against the wall and they sit on some of these benches that are lined against the wall. Um, it looks like this is not necessarily anything that they would even necessarily know anything about. Um, Edmund steps forward and he says, we, um, I did not tell the Baron because by the time I realized how far things had gone, I've worried that I was too far in. And I did not want to get, I didn't want to get hanged. They did not want to get draw, dragged before the Baron or before a court. And I sure as hell did not want to get, I did not want the lamplighters to find out what was going on in here and have them take matters into their own hands. I did not want to end up on a pyre. I'm sure you can understand that. Oh God, is that why they've been sniffing around is what your master's been doing? I don't actually think so, but I could be wrong. They showed up, they showed up a month ago. and. And Sir Roland has been at this for a while. No, there's, there's, there's somebody else in the castle. There's, there's somebody else in the castle, you said? Somebody else down below. Oh. Well, I think y'all better lead the way. Let's go find this person. In about 45 more minutes. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm sitting on this bench too. I need a, a minute to catch my breath. Yeah, I say we keep everybody here and we have them all go with us to show us what's down there. Except for maybe the baker lady. Eh, I don't know. She was crying awfully hard. <laughs> what's making her so sad with all these dead traitor bodies? I think that's what's making her sad, Sylvie. <laughs> uh, Edmund, is it correct? Yes. Was there a an armory or anything of that nature? I'm assuming he kept an armory. Yes, there's an armory. It's it's depleted, but there is an armory. I can I can show you. It's just here down this hall. Surely there must be a chain shirt or something this guy can wear. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say if we might wind up in combat once again, I should see if there might be something of better protection. He says, "Yes, I can I can show you or I can have Lydia show you and I can tell the rest what I know of what's going on." I don't know. I think Magra might actually be one of the better suited among us to hear what's going on here. Well, okay. I will fill you in on what I know. I know that eight years ago, Sir Roland's wife 
passed away. And when that happened, Sir Roland changed. He became a different man. He would take his meals alone. He would spend countless hours in the music room by himself. If I went to check on him, I would find him humming tunes to himself, plucking at the harp, playing Moonlight Sonata on the piano. No, there is a piano up there, but no, his his wife, she was quite the harpist. And uh, then, then she came. And then I saw a renewed vigor, a, new, a renewed uh, life in, in Sir Roland. And I, at first I thought this would be good for him. I, I assumed it was some sort of romance that was brewing, but it was not. And uh, soon they were meeting in private and I was left out of certain details. Then it became gathering and acquiring. And over the last year, it has been secreting away all manner of things. And I, to be fair, I'm not sure where it all is. I just know that there is something below the basement that I am not sure how to get down there. So did he get involved with a prepper? Is that what's going on here? They built a bunker under the basement and started stockpiling, you know, a year's supply of water and dried red wheat. Yes, who is this strange possible love interest? Uh, she is, uh, she's, a uh, much younger than him. Um, her name is Cassandra. She's, she's unnatural. Is she, is she what's in the basement? She is down there now. She, she has not left in weeks. I have not seen her for quite some time, but Sir Roland would talk about her just in passing, saying that she was hard at work, saying that things are, things are getting close, that things are coming to fruition, that it's only a matter of time. Did she ever frequent the city? Would we have seen her out and about? Or maybe, you know, throwing back a pint at the all the way in? Ah, uh, no. She would she would not have left the 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 basement. Not for, for weeks. So I don't recall her ever going out on the town at all since she showed up. Hmm. You would recognize her. She would she's quite um memorable. Unkempt. Her hair's constantly uh, ratted is not the word. Just not. Her mind always seems elsewhere, from what I can remember. Is she close to the age of 40, but looks like she's 80? <laughs> no, she's younger than that. Oh, okay, never mind. So she's close to the age of 20, but looks 80. We were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that, that skincare routine is not working. she unless there's another way out she is down there even now she's been taking her meals down there Sir Roland has been taking his meals down there with her I can show you the basement but I'm not exactly sure where she is after that does that make sense there's there's some passageway from the basement of the castle to somewhere beyond and I don't know how to access it well before we go and investigate this I would like to See if there's anything in the armory that might be of use. Yes, I can I can show you. I agree. I wouldn't mind putting on something that's going to just, uh, I don't know, make me a little bit safer. Well, follow me. 
Just next time, stay behind me. Let me take a hit or two before you guys get bonked. <laughs> bonked. <laughs> he leads He leads Mogram and Sylvie down this uh, southern hallway. Um, you can see that it opens up. There's a door at the end of the, at the hallway, and it opens up into this, this barracks. There are um, racks of swords and spears. Um, there are a couple of like archery targets. You see a crossbow lying on the floor. You can also see that it looks like there are like uh, two different bedrooms down here uh, with some bunk beds. It looks like there's about uh, there's room for about eight people. But as you look around, you can see that there's only only four of the beds have actually been used recently. The other four are not even like made. There's not even blankets on them. So you can see that there is some helmets and some armor, some different weapons. What exactly are you looking for, Mogram? Uh, really, Mogram is looking for anything that is of a medium armor type. Something that's going to afford a little bit better protection, but it's not a heavy armor. Okay. Let me see what he has. Um, he has... You see that there is a suit of scale mail, and there's also a chain shirt. Um, I might grab the scale mail. I know that that won't help him with any um, sneaking around, but I think Mogram values the safety right now. Okay. And so he might try to squeeze into that. Nice. Okay. Um, Sylvia, what are you looking for? Uh, something pretty lightweight. She's pretty small. So, you know, whatever that could kind of fit her and uh, would be able to let, allow her to move around in. Well, you find some padded armor, like some gambesons and stuff. And you also find a suit of leather armor. Sick. I'll take that leather armor. Okay. 12 plus your dex. If you're proficient, what does it mean if you're not proficient? Uh, what does that mean if you're not proficient? Are you not proficient with light armor? Oh, armor. Oh, yeah, it does say none. Never mind. Oh. So, never mind, I guess. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Um, Unless they got some cool kicks or something. You could grab, like, a shield or something. Yeah. Or, like... Yeah. If there does. are shields. I think that shields, too. I'm sorry. I don't think that you. Can, I don't yeah. think you get any benefit if you're not proficient. Yeah, because oh, yeah, shields is listed as being proficient. So yeah, yeah, shields yeah. Is, a, is definitely a proficiency. More, more. I would assume that's more so than even the armor. But yeah, so there are some shields there. there there's nothing like a small buckler. These are all like uh, larger wooden round shields. But I mean the same same stats for a shield. I, I will grab one of those too. Okay. I think I'm going to need all the help I can get on this part. Okay. <laughs> all right then. Uh, uh, Edmund comes back into the into the great hall. Um, you can see that Agatha, the cook, has stopped crying now, but she is like still um, kind of shell shocked as she sits here in the great hall on this bench, staring at the dead bodies that surround her. Yeah, uh, Guy has no idea how to react to this, so he's just like pretending that it's not happening. Well, whatever it is, this uh, this thing that is happening in the basement, I think that we should indeed investigate. Have we had a short rest yet? Um, after this little bit of time, yes. In this conversation, you guys have had a short rest. Go ahead and burn whatever hit dice you want to. Get back whatever skills or spells you would like. Okay. Um, as you guys are finishing up the short rest, uh, Tobias, um, you can see now that he is holding something in his hand um, quite firmly. And you recognize that whatever is... In his hand, it looks like there's a little chain hanging off. It's the pendant that he's been wearing around his neck. You're sure not sure. You're still not sure what the pendant actually is, but he has taken it off and he's now holding it in his hand. 
I guess I need to know how cool is this pendant? Do we need to grab it from him? Take it? Commandeer it? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm all healed up. Whew. All right. I got my my war pick a little cleaner than it was. I'm ready to go. Lead the way. Why don't we, maybe the four of us, go on in and the rest of them can stay outside and keep track of the, you know, the, 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 the work, the people that worked here. I believe this is everyone who worked here. This yeah. is everyone who worked here. I mean, Gardenia and Tobias could stay out with, you know, the others and we could head on in. It might be good to have a representative of the Baron that would accompany us to see what it is that has been transpiring here. And I think having one of Roly-Poly's staff on hand as well might be safe. Uh, specifically the steward, who seems to be, you know, in charge of the place. Sounds like the steward wasn't on really speaking terms with this darkest of magics. Edmund says, I, I can show you the basement, but again, like I said, I I'm not sure where they go after that. You'll, you'll see what I mean. He takes you out into the courtyard um, and you can see that there's like a well in the center of the courtyard. You see like a um, there is um, archways leading to kind of into a part of the southern castle. You can see that there is um, like a blacksmith shop, like a smithy, but you can tell that it hasn't been used for quite some time. You see doorways on the western um, uh, wall of the uh, of the courtyard. Um, he informs you that, that that's like the kitchen and storerooms and into the into like the, the dining hall. And then he takes you around the corner of what he tells you is the storage rooms. And he, you see a staircase here in the courtyard that goes down beneath the castle. And as he takes you down the steps, you go down this narrow flight of stairs and into this, this stone room. Uh, it's quite large. It's got some pillars holding up the ceiling. You can see that there are barrels and bags of food and oats, and you see crates of uh, of, uh, of food and of uh, other um, other important things that you would have in a castle. You also see like old furniture that's put down here. And this is sort of the catch-all storage area. And at the north end of this room, you see that there is a doorway. Edmund says, uh, beyond that doorway is uh, our small, modest dungeon. Uh, they would go in there, and then I know not where they went after. I will go open the door. And he goes up towards that door and looks back at you, waiting for the approval. Go ahead, yeah. Mogram's going to pull out the toning rod and just start using that to do detect magic. He, you open, he opens the door and you can see beyond him there is this small room. Uh, looks like there is a table with some implements on it, like tongs and some blades. You see there is a flog. Yeah, basically, yeah. You see that there is a, um, there is a nipple clamp. Brazier. <laughs> you see there's a small Yikes. brazier that is dark. It's not. Oh, lit. it's that kind of dungeon. Yes. Um, you see that there are, it looks like there are three, um, cells in here there are two cells to the north they look relatively small 10 feet by 10 feet there is old stinky hay in there there's nobody in these in these um in these cells um and then there is a cell over to the east again it's empty but it's also bigger it looks like that's one that is designed to hold multiple people um again stinky hay and um like chamber pots that are not full but not clean either and Edmund says, this is where they would go. Um, Sir Roland would take his food here at this door, and then we'd close it and 
I guess they'd eat here or or somewhere beyond. I'm I'm not sure. Tobias and Gardenia have followed you in as well. Can you unlock these uh, cell doors? Uh, they're not locked. There's nobody in there. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, Sylvie will just push open the door. Also, thank you. I know there's no one in there. I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> Guy will go into the uh, to one of them on the okay. ground. And she Damn. will investigate, see if she can find any loose stones or anything to uh, yeah. mess with. Perfect. I'll go All and right. help Sylvie with that, too. Okay, so um, I want Guy to make an investigation check and then Orny to make an investigation check and then Sylvie and Magram, one of you make an investigation check with advantage. I've got plus five, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. All right, I got a 13 with advantage. Ornan got an eight. Guy got a 14. Okay, um, what you guys find in the cells, um, Guy and Ornan, as you are um, as you are looking in these cells, uh, you don't necessarily find anything in the cells with your investigation checks, but what you do realize is that these two smaller cells that you two are investigating, they definitely seem to have been used um, like the hay is got like bits of dark dried blood in it. It's got, um, you know, the chamber pots seem extra filthy. These two cells seem like they've been used more. Um, Sylvie, with your 13, as you are investigating this larger cell with Magram, you guys are looking around. The hay seems a lot cleaner than the other two cells. And with your 13, it seems like you can see uh, kind of a, a path in the hay that's been kicked aside a little bit. Not necessarily kicked aside, but just natural walking through the hay has pushed it off to the side. And in the very, um, like the northeast corner of the cell, um, as you are looking around, you see in the cell, there is this small um, little, probably inch and a half uh, long slit in the wall itself. Margaret, do, do you see that slit in the wall? Do you think that could be something that looks like there's been some some activity over there? I don't see any slit in the wall, but I see some in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that might be something. Let's go and see what we can see here. As you are looking at this, um, this little, little notch, this little, uh, this little hole in the wall, um, it's slim. It's slender. It looks familiar and it takes you a second, but then it looks like it looks like uh, potentially a keyhole. Huh. Stuart, do you have a key that might possibly fit in here? <laughs> Edmund's like, are you talking to me? Yes. Sylvie, didn't you pocket a key? Oh, I did pocket a key. Oh, goodness. Yes. Uh, and Sylvie will grab that out and uh, put it in there. Um, Sylvie, you take this key and you kind of wiggle it into this slot and then you feel it kind of hit some kind of mechanism in the wall. Are you going to turn the key? Yes. It's typically what you do. <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought that was implied, honestly. <laughs> As you turn the key, suddenly a fireball... Or no, I'm just kidding. As you turn the key, suddenly you see, um, you feel it's a little bit hard to turn, and then suddenly you feel this click, this clunk as a mechanism turns over, and suddenly um, the wall next to you, it's not as stable. It, it um, What's the word I'm looking for? It, it's like there is a pin that holds the wall in place that on one end is suddenly dislodged, and it feels like the wall kind of shifts a little bit under your hands, and you feel like it might actually swing inward. It's like in an escape room when you finally get the right code and all of a sudden the wall just 
moves a little. Exactly. Nice. Okay, can I shove it open? You sure can. As you push it open, you see that there is uh, a very tight, very dark staircase that heads down. Edmund is standing behind you, and he says, Oh, I had, I had no idea this was there. Tobias and Gardenia are also standing there, and Tobias is like, um, You say that potentially there is treasure, there is gold, there is something salvageable for the taxes for Berograd down here, potentially? And Edmund says, If there is anything left, then it's going to be down there. And Tobias squares his shoulders. Is this woman made of gold? No. Well, all I know is that we've definitely earned our 10 gold. And Sylvie (laughs) will look at Tobias. He nods. He says, yes, yes. And then some. Oh, would you like to write that out in my book here and sign your name to that? (laughs) Asterion, where'd you come from? (laughs) He says, I'm going to have Gardenia go down with you. Um, But definitely there is more gold in it uh, for you than originally promised. You have my word on it. Well, I'll go first. And I'll follow behind. And I'll, I'll follow behind you, Guy. I can take up the, uh, the rear guard. And uh, I will actually, again, do my uh, investiture of the void because it's so useful. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, as you go down, you hear Tobias say, Good luck! And then you are down the stairs. It's not like a spiral, but it's like they go down and then it turns a corner, then it goes down, then it turns another corner, and it goes down, and it turns another corner, and it goes down. It goes down um, at least four turns before it leads out into this room. This room is about 20 feet north to south, and it's 30 feet east to west. It is old old stone you see that there are um you know like half columns that are built into the wall that are holding up the roof above you can see that this room is um not um it's it's empty of anything really except for there is a um like a torch that is uh lit on the wall uh on the north wall and then there is a doorway on the eastern wall and then gardenia says i'm i trust your judgment i'll i'll follow you 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 tell me what you need, and I, I, I'll do it. Well, why don't you keep up the rear and, and guard my friend Magram here? I'm going to open this door. Okay. Gardenia, you're really cool. <laughs> Thanks. I'm also well thought out. <laughs> you want to hear my backstory? <laughs> yes, please. Maybe, maybe after this is all over, we can, we can catch up at the all the way in. Very good. All right, Ornan, you going to open that door? Yes. You push open this large, it's, it's, a, it's a big, heavy door, um, and it is, um, it's solid like iron, right? So as you push it open, it's not locked or anything, but as you push it open, um, it makes this loud creak. Um, it doesn't really travel that far, but it is definitely an old door. As you gaze into the hallway past this door, you can see that again, there are these columns along the wall that are holding up the ceiling. At the far end of the hall, about 40 or 50 feet down, you see that there is a another torch that is lit at that corner. And it looks like the hallway makes a sharp uh, right turn, uh, 90 degrees, and now heads south. And you are still standing by the doorway into the hallway. 
What do you think? Should we try and go a little quiet? Or should I just trounce my way through? I mean, we could try to go quiet. Are there spider webs? I seem to remember I had a dream recently. Oh, yeah, we all, we all had the same <laughs> dream. But there were spider webs, and then there were giant spiders the size of wolves. I really did not enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a freaky dream. <laughs> <laughs> there are spider webs, but it seems more like uh, normal sized spiders, just kind of in the corners and things. Nothing super thick or um, like nothing blocking the passage. Um, and it also looks like um, just with your um, with your uh, mundane knowledge, these torches are not magical. They are just lit torches. Uh, so somebody had to light these recently. Well, let me slip my shoes off and then I can be a little sneakier and I'm going to Use my ability, let me take my shoes off first. (laughs) (laughs) Since I'm wearing heavy armor, I have disadvantage. This gives me advantage, so it should just cancel, like, you know, cancel it out. Yeah, okay. I got a nine for my stealth. Okay. Oh, you know who might be useful here? And I'll snap my fingers and Prancible will be right next to me. (gasps) I just deleted Prancible because I thought that for sure he would have been here already. Why would you do that? That was so rude. Sweet boy. All right, if you smell anything or hear anything, let me know. This is a dangerous place, buddy. Ornan begins moving down the hallway, it looks like, and gets right to the corner where it turns and heads south. Sylvia will follow behind. All right, I'm going to have... Guy uh, will continue as well. He did a stealth roll, uh, and he got a four. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, gosh. All right, so... Let's stop right there. Sylvie's stealth was a seven, so also. Gotcha. Okay. You guys are trying to be quiet, but it is, um, it's, there's nothing down here, so every footstep seems to echo off the walls. As you get down this hallway and you get to the corner and you look around the corner, you can see that just another like 10 or 20 feet south, there is a curtain that is pulled across the um, across the hallway, and you can see just kind of around the corners. You can see that there is some light peeking in um, around the corners of this curtain, and um, I want everyone to make perception checks. Silver rolled a six. Ornan got an 18. Uh, Mogram got a five. Guy got a 21, and Prancival got a 13. Okay. Ornan and Guy, as you guys come around the corner, you stand there by the uh, curtain. I imagine you kind of shush everybody, and you're listening, and you can hear just at the edge of hearing you can hear what sounds like chanting and um what all languages does everyone speak so because you let me have thieves can't i actually sacrificed two known languages for that so i only know common and thieves can't even though i'm an elf (laughs) (laughs) sylvie knows common elvish gnomish and goblin but if it's a language she doesn't recognize she will use her um like Rosetta Stone, which is Comprehend Languages. Okay. <laughs> nice. So like an annual subscription or like, how do you? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I imagine it's more of like a tome that you annually, annually subscribe to. And it's uh, kind of like Duolingo. So it harasses you if you haven't looked at it in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Sylvie, since your, your, your perception was uh, low enough, you can't actually hear um, anything. Uh, Ornan speaks common, deep speech, giant, and sylvan. Okay. And uh, Mogram speaks abyssal, celestial, and infernal. Okay. 
the Ornan and Guy, you don't recognize the language that's being spoken. Um, and it's just right on the cusp of, of hearing. Um, so there is this curtain in front of you. It looks like um, the curtain itself looks uh, a, a little bit raggedy. Um, it's not... Um, it's not like high quality or anything. Uh, it's not even necessarily heavy fabric. Uh, so it's something you can push through very, very easily. Um, it doesn't look like a lot of money was spent on it, if that makes sense. Is my detect magic wand the toning rod? Toning rod is that detecting anything? Okay. So how far is it? 30 feet? 30 feet. Uh, uh, your toning rod is not detecting anything. Than 30 feet of you. Got it. Okay, cool. I, I, I forgot to roll a stealth check for Prancival, and he's just being a loud little boy. <laughs> he got an eight <laughs> on his stealth. <laughs> We're being sneaky. We're being quiet. This is what you get when you don't take him out all day. <laughs> Should I push the curtain open? Introduce myself? Let's move on. Yes, let's cautiously. If, if that's what you want to call it. All right. And Ornan will push through the curtain and enter the room. Ornan, as you push through the curtain and enter into the room, everyone kind of stacks up behind him before you guys go any further, really. Um, You see this room, which is um, quite large. Uh, It's hard to see exactly how big it is because um, stretched across the room, just a few feet forward of you, um, is another curtain. It's it's kind of dragged, uh, strung up between the pillars, the columns that are holding up the um, holding up the roof down here. But you can see kind of between the curtains and in the gaps. You can see that there is uh, torches that are lit down here on the other side of these curtains. You can see that there is potentially some kind of depression or like a uh, a step down in the center of this room. But we're talking this room is easily one of those 70s living rooms. Yeah, but a little bit deeper than that. Um, it, it's this, this room is 100 feet by 100 feet. Um, you can see that's pretty much what you can see. You can see that there is something in the center. There's a lot of light coming from the center of the room. Um, but from where you're at right now behind these curtains, that's all you can see. Moving forward, yeah. I'll just keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah. We'll keep walking forward. You can actually see that uh, around, you can actually go around the curtains without having to move the curtains if you want to on either the right side or the left side. Mogram's going to pull around his plague mask and put that on to do detect undead. Okay. It looks like Ornan and Guy and um, Prancifold just walked right through the curtains. They just made their way right through followed by oh, heck yeah sylvie would have been right behind Guy and ornan too yeah and Mogram did the same so as you push through this final curtain you can see that yes indeed there is uh, about 10 feet down there is this kind of depressed area in the center it looks like it's 60 feet by 60 feet this center this center area and when I said 100 feet by 100 feet, it's actually more like 120 feet by 120 feet. Not that that really matters. You can see on the north, south, east, and west side of this depression, there are stairs that go from the level that you're on down into the center of this pit area. You see that um, on the far side of the pit, you see this table laden with um, bits and bottles and scales and all kinds of um, jars and weird um Sylvie, you would recognize these right off the bat as components. 
probably spell components of some kind. You see that on the east and on the west side of the room, there are more areas that are curtained off. It looks like they are not as large of areas that are curtained off. Um, if anyone wants to make a perception check, they can. Um, and I'll see if there's anything else that you guys see. Ornan got a 14 perception. Gee got an 18. Okay. And Prancival got a four, a nat one. Okay. Ogrim got a 14 as well. Sylvie got a 13. Uh, the most important thing that you guys all see that you didn't need to check for was that there is this probably 30, 35 year old woman. Uh, she is, um, let's see, how would I describe her? She looks young, but she also looks, um, unkempt. She looks, um, pale. Looks like she hasn't seen the sun for a while. She's wearing, um, these dark, uh, like a dark robe. She's got different necklaces and bits and bobs and kind of totems that are strapped to her um, in all kinds of places. She's got like a feather in her hand that she's waving up over this altar in the center of the room. And upon the altar, you can see that there are bones that are laid out in roughly the um, shape of a person. Like that somebody has um, taken the bones of somebody and laid them out as if it is a a person laying recumbent upon this altar. Um, the 18 was Guy. Guy, you can see that uh, on the east side and on the west side behind these curtains, you catch a glimpse of statues. And the only thing that you can think of is that um, they have draped like 20 feet of curtain across between these pillars, blocking the statues in this room from the uh, view of this altar. As you are standing in here, you get the impression this seems like a very old place and potentially is an old um, uh, religious temple of some kind. And um, potentially the curtains are blocking off the view of these statues of maybe a deity uh, to uh, keep, um, keep that deity appeased as something dark is being done here in their temple uh highest perception is that here uh, sorry was that was that did you say east and west is that these things here yeah here east, east side and west side yes okay. um any any detect magic stuff that i'm picking up now yes 100 percent. there is all kinds of magic um gi you actually no, sorry not gi um magram you detect literally right in front of you were you to take one more step, a magical spell would have gone off. You're not exactly sure what um, what the spell um, is with your detect magic, but you do detect a spell, and it is a spell of the school of um, transmutation. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna yell that out to everybody. Be careful! There are magical booby traps or something in in effect here. Uh, Looks like some sort of transformation magic. As you speak up, this woman who was kind of uh, waving a feather over this uh, over this uh, altar, doing some kind of incantation, she looks up at you and she points and she says, "No, don't interrupt this." And she says, "Servants to me." And then, rising up to the east and to the west, you see on the west side, on the west side, you see piled up. Amongst some crates and things, you see these two skeletal figures rise up off the ground. And to the 
east, you see that there are these uh, decrepit, decaying um, bodies that are like falling apart. They are old, dead tissue. They rise up as well. And on the west side, you have two skeletons. And on the east side, two reanimated zombies. And in the center, you see this woman, Cassandra. And we are going to roll initiative. I have a feeling that this guy didn't actually get over his wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I got a three. Guy also got a three, and Prancival got a 14. Yeah, Mogram got a seven. And Sylvie got an 11. I'm going to bring out the big guns this time, guys. Ooh, I did too. It's Prancival. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone touches Prancival, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, if anything happens to Bran- Prancival, it's going to take all of my payment to bring him back. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> It costs 10 golds worth of incense to cast the spell. We're getting way more than that. Don't don't worry about it. All right. He didn't say way more. He said, and then some. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're getting way more. Um, Gardenia seems incredibly overwhelmed with what you are seeing in here. And we are going to now organize the room. I don't like this. I don't like this. Here in the center of the room, uh, in front or behind this altar, you see this woman, this um, Cassandra. Cassandra the Unnatural is what what, uh, Edmund had referred to her as. And then skeletons to your right and zombies to your left. And we are going to start with the initiative 14, which is Pranciful. (laughs) So telepathically, I will say, Pranciful, go take down those curtains. And then um, Prancival will use it for his action. He'll use the disengage. Okay. And then he's just going to run straight to the curtains and start biting them, trying to rip them down in front of the different statues. (laughs) Okay. I want Prancival to make a strength check. Difficulty 12. Uh, He he technically doesn't have an action because he used it to disengage. So maybe next turn. Okay. So next, next round. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. All right, and that brings us now to, with an initiative of 13, the zombies get to go. All right, and their movement is... Wait, zombies beat us all in initiative? (laughs) They're quick. They're known for being quick on their feet. (laughs) They're very Um, spry. Uh, um, So the zombies can't actually reach anybody without dashing. So both zombies dash and they are now threatening Mogram. But that brings us to Cassandra, Cassandra the Unnatural. You see her take a step back from the altar. She's now standing very far back away from you, at least 60 or 70 feet away. And she reaches um, up to her... Uh, up to one of the bits and bobs that's on her, like strapped around her her robe, and she pulls it down and throws it on the ground. And suddenly, you see surrounding her, there is this sort of uh, uh, orb, this glowing haze around her. It is a uh, sick and putrid, greenish, purpley color uh, surrounding her, and it looks like there is now something. Uh, some kind of barrier between you and her. If anyone wants to make an Arcana check, they can. Ooh, I'll do that. Yeah, Guy did uh, a 10 for Arcana. Mogram got a 14. Sylvie got a 12. Okay. 
So I'm only seeing two rolls. What was the highest roll? Ornan probably wouldn't know anything, so I didn't roll. Um, with um, with Arcana 14, um, uh, Magrim, you recognize that there is some kind of barrier, um, and it would be very unpleasant if you were to be uh, within that um, circumference around her. Uh, it is some sort of spiritual guardians. Got it. I'll, I'll relay that exactly to the team and just say, like, she's got a spiritual barrier around her. Uh, be careful if you get within melee range or even even within close distance, not even yet at melee range. She's like a Beyblade bouncing around the place. Oh my gosh. She kind of does Oh my gosh. That's right. how you shadow heart. Oh yeah. It, she's amazing at that. That now, Oh yeah, 100%. Oh, uh, you know, uh, cast, cast spiritual guardian and, and then jump. And then just run around. I just have her jump up next to people. It's great. <laughs> no, I just have her dash because then she can like sprint from person to person. Oh, that's true. Very good point. All right. It is now the skeleton's turn. They are going to clatter up to Guy and to Sylvie. So, Guy, you have a skeleton attacking at you. And that is going, oh, a natural 20. It takes 10 damage. Okay. As, again, as the, as the glass energy starts to chip away and blast back at it. It swings a short sword at you, dealing four damage to you. With a crit? Oh, um, dealing uh, nine damage to you. Okay. I still have one left. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Whoa. Sylvie, an attack is coming your way. That is a 20 to hit. A dirty 20. Jeez. Yeah, that'll, that'll hit me. And that's going to deal uh, four damage. Rude. Okay. Sylvie, it's now your turn. There's a skeleton right in front of you. All right, uh, Sylvie is going to hold out her hand and cast Thunder Wave. So that oh skeleton gosh. needs to make a uh, 13 con. It made a 17 con. Okay, so he only takes two damage, so he's doing okay. All right, two damage. Okay. It's very loud down here. Boom! This massive clap of thunder. And it is Magram's turn. Magram, who is um, beset upon by two zombies. So Magram is going to pull, like, reach into his into his inner shirt, like, invest, and pull out his symbol of Kelimvor, and he holds it up and kind of flips like a switch, and this high frequency kind of pinging sound starts to erupt and this is my frequency modulated neurostimulant which is a stupid name but I'm sticking with it um, it's better than Pahofma I love that it's a neural stimulant but the skeletons don't have brains oh, but it's the, it's the zombies though Yeah, <laughs> they, they love and, brains well the idea is that this is turn undead so the idea is that it it emits oh <laughs> like a frequency that repels the undead okay all right so they have to make saves what's their save difficulty 13 it's, yeah dc 13 wisdom save or they have to um what is it run away for one minute all right so the skeleton that attacked Guy and got blasted has now been turned cool cool and the zombie, the there's one that's a little bit more north, one's a little bit more south. The south zombie actually gets turned as well. And on their turns, they are going to have to flee from you. 
The other two, uh, one skeleton, the skeleton that attacked Sylvie and the skeleton and the other zombie are fine. Ornan, it is your turn. All right. Ornan is going to take, a, a, you know, an attack of opportunity from the skeleton and go to stand next to Margram on the east side. Okay, that's a that's a six to hit you. That's going to miss. I'm going to, as I'm walking over, yes. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. No, you're good. You're good. I was going to say if they're turned, this, they can't take reactions, but that one, yes, can go ahead and do it. This one is turned and this one is turned. As I'm going, I'm going to summon my, summon my burrowing guardian. Wait, you're what? My burrowing guardian. Is that just Prince of Old Digging? I feel like I'm supposed to know what that means. <laughs> I am now large, so I now take up four squares. Oh, rad. Oh. <laughs> and you guys see this, like, spectral, like, purple worm, like, shoot out of the ground, and, like, it occupies the same space as I do, and it's, like, as I'm moving, it's, like, following me, diving into the ground, burrowing, and, like, moving around all over the place as I am running across and then when i take my attack at that zombie that's not turned if i hit which i got a 17 to hit oh that's definitely gonna hit yes i'll do eight piercing and then i will also do an extra d6 so six more damage so i did 14 damage on the on that zombie nice so does ornan take up more space or is it the spectral worm that also it's the special worm that takes up all the space. Okay. Okay. So you're the same size, but you got this like ghost purple worm. Yeah, I've got like this ghost purple worm. That's rad. Taken over. And so people can't come in because, you know, it's just like taking up the whole space. Yeah. It's filling all of that space. It's filling space. Yeah. That's my turn. I'm, I'm getting like, I'm getting like Elden, Elden Lord vibes. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, very cool. Awesome. Okay, well, nice big hit. 14 damage to one of the zombies. And that now brings us to Guy. All right, seeing one of the skeletons kind of turn uh, and maybe start to look like it's not interested in facing me anymore, I'm going to go ahead and strike at the one that attacked Sylvie. And I'll go ahead and do another um, impaling shadow if I hit. So my attack will be only a seven to hit. That will miss. Okay. And then I'm going to go ahead and um, uh, because the one that is turning away from me can't take an opportunity attack against me. I'm going to go ahead and move up uh, a little bit. So I'm closer to the altar. I'm still like up the I'm not down in the the center recessed area yet, but I've moved further south, uh, still uh, in contact with the skeleton that's attacking Sylvie. But I'm just looking, getting closer so that I'm closer to the altar and I can get closer to uh, Cassandra when the time comes. Okay. All right. As you move south, um, even just five feet, you are going to need to make a dexterity saving throw difficulty. Difficulty. Is it 10 or less? Oh, it's 12. I got a 10. Ugh. Suddenly, as you step forward from the center of the altar, it looks like some sort of trap or spell has been put into place. A little blast of, um, well, it's, it looks like, a, like an ethereal arrow comes shooting straight at you, and it is going to deal five damage. Okay, all right. That also shatters the rest of my investiture of the void. Ornan, I forgot that as you move forward too, I'm going to need a dexterity saving throw from you as well. Ornan got a 13. 
Okay, there is an arrow that comes shooting straight at you and it zips past your shoulder and is uh, caught up in the uh, in the curtain behind you. Okay. And last but not least, we have this guard, Gardenia, who cannot believe what she is seeing. Uh, she is going to step forward and try to help out Sylvie with the skeleton as well. And she is going to have to make a, uh, a dexterity saving throw, difficulty 12, and is going to fail. And she is going to instantly take three piercing damage. And then she is going to stab her spear at the skeleton and hit. And she's going to deal a whopping four damage to the skeleton that got thunder waved. Is it just me or do our um, prologue characters seem more powerful than our current <laughs> characters? We're rearing them down slowly. <laughs> oh gosh. All right, well that brings us back to the top of the initiative order with Pranciful. Pranciful, if you're tugging on those curtains, why don't you make a strength Check. What? What's difficulty the, thirteen? Difficulty thirteen. Okay. Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, Pranceful. No, has, you know what? Difficulty twelve. I don't think it's going to matter because Pranceful has a three strength, not a three modifier, a three strength. That's a negative four. That's a five. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Pranceful. He, he, looks, he looks so cute over there doing it, though. <laughs> I imagine he's like, you know, like when you're playing like like with a, a rope with a dog and like they grab onto it and then you kind of like pick him up and you kind of swing him around. He's like, yeah. he's like in the air, like wobbling <laughs> against the curtain, trying to rip that down. It's so good. It is so cute. All right. Zombie's turn. The turned zombie is going to turn and hustle away. 5, 10, 15, 20. Uh, using its full movement. And action? Does it have to use its action as well? Uh, a turned creature must spend its turn trying to move as far away from you as it can, and it can't willingly move to a space within 30 feet. It also can't take reactions for its action. It can use only the dash action or to try to escape from an effect that prevents it from moving. Okay. If there's nowhere to move, the creature can use the dodge action. This zombie turns and starts to run away. If nobody takes an attack of opportunity against it, it is going to move almost all the way into a corner. I let it go. Ornan, you let it go too? Yes. 21 to hit. That'll hit. For six piercing mm -hmm. and then an additional two, so eight damage. Okay. So then it literally gets five feet away from you and then is no longer turned and turns back towards you guys. Okay. And that brings us now to Cassandra the Unnatural. She is going to, as she has this spell going, she is going to move forward 5, 10, 15, 20... 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60. She's going to dash towards Ornan and Magram and the guard as well are all caught up in this miasma. Oh no. This purplish, greenish, sickly energy. And I need you all to make wisdom saving throws difficulty 12. Oh, please be good. Oh man. Uh, an 11. From Mogram. Hornin got a 13. Okay, here comes 3d8 damage from the oh, Spirit Guardians. Jeez. 14 damage halved for Ornan to 7. Oh my gosh. Yikes. All right, skeleton's turn. We have one skeleton that runs into the corner away. The other one has three targets to choose from. Is it going to be Sylvie, um, Gardenia, <laughs> or Guy? In that order... We have Sylvie. Sylvie. Oh, no. Attack coming your way. That's a 17 to hit. That'll hit. That's going to that's gonna be six more damage. Bones are their money. 
<laughs> Sylvia, it is now your turn. All right. Well, I'm not feeling great, but I'm actually going to ignore this uh, skeleton in front of me. And I am going okay. to try to um, use my witch bolt on Cassandra the Unholy. And that is a 22 to hit. That will definitely hit. Yeah. And that is... 13 damage. And then I think we're going to connected. If Baldur's Gate has taught me anything, we're connected. Yeah, you can keep doing that damage as your action every turn. Nice. Cool. Okay. So she has to make a concentration check. Difficulty 10. Um, She manages to save uh, with a... With a 12. Okay. Nice. Good damage. All right. That brings us now to Magram. Cool. Cool. Okay. Um... I do not have very many spells left, and I should save them for healing. Um, This might be stupid, but I'm going to try and do this. If I move forward into this space here, I'm triggering that trap based on what I've seen, right? I mean, it looks like yes. And what, what your toning rod told you is that where you were standing, that literally right in front of you, there was transmutation magic. Got it. And now you've seen Gardenia step into it. Oh, Gee, you also stepped into it. Did you already get an arrow at you? Yeah, I got an arrow at me. Okay, okay. It hit me. It got rid of the rest of my investiture. Oh, that's void. right. That's um, right. Am I able to kind of stay in the threat range but move around the the uh, zombie? I guess yeah, I'd still be I'd still be in her spirit guardian aura though, right? Yes, you are. Okay. Oh wait. So does that mean you have to take damage again? Right now. Is it if I end my turn or begin turn? Or you the first time on a turn or you start your turn? Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose I have to take. Yeah. Wisdom saving throw difficulty 12. Oh, gosh. This is this is going to be bad, guys. Yeah, I've got a 10. Oh, no. 15 damage. I'm down. Oh, my oh, goodness. No. But I needed your healing dart. This is no bueno. Okay. All right. Ornan, that is you. Cassandra the Unnatural is standing right in front of you. She has taken some damage, but it looks like she is still doing okay. Ornan, make a wisdom saving throw. So 18. Okay. That's going to be 3d8 halved. So that's 19 halved to 9 damage. Wow. Jeez. I am going to take a quick swig of my mycelium mead. Okay. <laughs> heal minimum. I healed four. So okay. <laughs> I'm gonna swing at her with my pick. Okay. Uh, fifteen to hit. That'll hit. Oh, good. For ten piercing damage, and then three additional as the worm bites at her. Okay. Then I'm going to spin the shaft, and I'm gonna hit her with the hammer side for twenty to hit. That will hit for six more damage, and then another six from the worm. So 12 more. So that was what, uh, 13. So 25 damage. Okay. And then I'm going to drink some of Hornin. my, yes. What does that look like? Oh, oh my goodness. You smash Cassandra the oh, unnatural. Yeah. Orton just comes in swinging and the worm like devours her and like dives through her, goes into the ground. And as it exits through her body, she just like crumples to the ground and then the worm pops up through my space again. 
as Cassandra dies, the skeletons in the room begin to shake and fall apart. Bones start falling and clattering to the ground. The zombies take a step and then take another step as they fall to their knees and as they start reaching out, trying to get some of your flesh, they fall to the ground unanimated. And we are going to cue victory music. Someone help Magram. Okay, but Magram is still down, right? Magram is down. It's my turn next, right? Yes. We're okay. not out of initiative. Well, we're going to be out of initiative right now. I'm going to run over to Magram and I'm going to go ahead and use uh, triage to stabilize him. Okay. Is there a check for that? It's my it's 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 what I renamed Spare the Dying. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, instantly, Magram is just unconscious. He is no longer in threat of dying. He is laying on the ground. Um, Gardenia is going to step back out of the um, path of that last arrow as it looks like the only one in there now is Ornan. Ornan, uh, make a dexterity saving throw, difficulty 12. That's a three. Oh. And one last magical arrow comes shooting out at you for one damage. Oh, man. And then the spell is done. We are now here in this sub-basement of Grimley Castle, uh, standing on the stairs overlooking this altar covered in candles and uh, uh, bones and other strange uh, ingredients and um, uh, paraphernalia, uh, as it seems that Cassandra, the unnatural, was attempting to cast some sort of magic upon what you can only guess is the bones and body of Sir Roland's late wife. It seems like there is something dark and sinister going on down here, and we'll have to figure that out next time. All right. Hey, thanks for playing tonight, guys. That fight was a lot shorter than the last one, although it seemed like that one had the potential to be incredibly nasty. If not for those big hits from Ornan, uh, Cassandra could have knocked out the whole party simply by moving around the room. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, hey, don't forget, go out on our Discord and you can chat with us about this episode. You can share your theories. You can share kind of what your thoughts are about the episode. Uh, Don't forget that we have a shop. You can go check out uh, some things we have for sale there if you want to support us more. And before we get together next time, I want everyone to level up to level four. Whoa! I'm so excited! (laughs) And I want everyone (laughs) until next time. (laughs) Do have a great time. We will. (laughs) Woohoo! I'll do my best.